0: little while about an unstoppable church how many know the church is unstoppable if we truly get a hold of what God has given us we are just unstoppable and I'm gonna hit three attributes of a church that's unstoppable and I think God's going to help us today to minister the word so verse number 11 if you're there say amen, amen. if you're not say oh me oh, <laughs> I think he just did that to enjoy himself number eleven verse number eleven teach me thy way, O Lord. How many know you need to ask the Lord to teach you his way, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies, deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies for my for false witnesses or people that are lying against me are risen up against me, and such are and such as breathed out cruelty. I had fainted. Everyone say, fainted. That's give up. I had given up unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many know that's right here? The land of the living. That he would have given up had he not believed the goodness of God in this day and this time. While we're taken in there, not in glory, that's going to be great, but right now. And then verse number 14 says, wait on the Lord. How many know that's hard? Yell at me, somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard right there. That's a, that's a mouthful. And be of good courage. Everyone say good courage. good courage. Yeah, we hit that two weeks ago. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Jesus, let your word go forward, let it be a two-edged sword, let it be healing, let it be comfort, but let it also cut away anything that needs to be cut away in our life. In Jesus name. No one said amen. God bless you. Thank you Nate Fromsey, you may be seated, for preaching last week. Let's give Nate one more hand yeah. for giving us a good word last week. There's three attributes of a very powerful and unstoppable church. It is number 1. They are all in. Everyone say all in. Number two, they believe his word is good. It's not bad for me. Sometimes it doesn't feel good, but it's good for me. Amen. The church that's on fire and unstoppable believes that his word is good. Number three, we want more of him regardless of what it costs us, regardless if it means changing a job or changing a relationship, regardless if it means working on our marriage so that God honors it and and we have the ability to live for Him with greater strength and power. Number three is we want more of Jesus Christ. Someone said amen. So let me begin. I want to jump off here and just say that you have to understand that preaching is the reach of the church. Understand that. Preaching is how the church reaches. Teaching is how the church is strong. That's why you can have many churches in a, in a, in a geographical area that may not have all the truth, but they have a good teacher. You can have a pastor of a church that's growing that could be mono tone and just as boring as can be in person but if he's a real good teacher of the word he can grow a strong church by the teaching of the word so i like to say preach the word <laughs> preach and teach teach the word Second, obviously Second Timothy 4.2 says that we should preach the word and be ready in whatever season to give account, whether it's good times or whether it's a bad time, we should be ready to give a, a good understanding to somebody if they ask us why we have the hope that we have. Amen? So I really believe that the scripture here is talking to us in a very powerful way that David is completely all in. And that's number one. I want I to speak to you for just a minute about your faith. Is that okay? Where you put your faith determines your future. It is a fact where you begin to invest yourself in your spiritual life or where you invest yourself in a church, that is where your future will reside. You will find that God opens a door of destiny based upon the divine cravings that you have in your life. And I've invested, just so you know, my life. I've invested my life and my faith in Jesus Christ so much that I have nothing else to invest in other than Him. I want you to understand what I mean by that. I mean that I've given him my all. I'm all in in my faith for Jesus Christ. I I can't put my faith in government because I have nothing left to give. I can't put my faith in man because I have nothing left to give. I'm literally bankrupt in that area where I can't put my faith in anything other than Jesus Christ because I am all in. Amen? Amen. And if you get that attitude and if you get that mindset that there's nothing else that I can do he's not he's not just a a sideshow he's not just an attachment he's not salt and pepper on every meal he is literally my life my source and my food and my nourishment both physically and spiritually he controls and he is everything to me or he is nothing at all do you understand what i'm saying today church he is not anything other than everything amen So I love him for all that he is. So I put everything in. And I I was just thinking about the reason why God called me. And I I really believe the reason why I'm a home missions pastor is because I have put so much faith into Jesus Christ that I, I have no faith to believe that it can be better anywhere else. I'm literally believing that the best thing for me to do is to be in this house preaching today. And Now, I'm grateful for opportunities. We got to preach at Eau Claire last week. There's over 300 in that church. It was a blessing. God moved. It was powerful. Prayed a lady through to the Holy Ghost right over here. She didn't have it. She had it when I got done because she was speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. She was just weeping as she knelt before the Lord at the altar. And I'm grateful for experiences like that. But if you give me a choice, Brother Maurice, I'm at the house of God here preaching the word loving God, putting my faith in Him and believing Him for new souls and new growth and opportunities. How many know the greatest thing you could ever be given is an opportunity? And when God gives us an opportunity we have to take it. And I learned a long time ago that I put all of myself in Jesus Christ and He opens the doors of opportunity. I believe that the major component of being a part of a home missions church and a North American missions church and hear me carefully because some of you have the ups and downs of frustration of being here. You have the ups and downs of inviting people and they come sometimes they don't come sometimes. I'm just going to do some house cleaning real quick. I want you to know that you still have to be completely committed in your faith regardless of what you see or you don't see. You have to be willing to just set aside the disappointments I was disappointed, just like you are at different things. But uh, my faith is not going to be invested in my disappointment because I have no faith to put there. I literally have no faith to put in anything other than Jesus Christ. I'm all in, amen? amen? I'm invested in this. I have no more faith to give. If you're wanting the good stuff, I'm already to the good stuff, okay? This is the good stuff. We're here. So I live my whole life that way. And I think that's why I can stick. And I think that's why you guys can stick. Maybe you've never had someone say it, but you literally have lost the ability to quit because you don't believe it's any better anywhere else because all your faith is into this thing. All your faith is into what God's wanting to do and and how he wants to move. And maybe this Sunday we'll have 40. Maybe this Sunday we'll have 25. But we're going to have church. I just want to have church in the house of God. I want to see him move on our lives and touch us and change us. And if there's anything we can do, we can look at Scripture and we can look at the Word of God and see experiences that other men and other people had and encourage ourselves in the Lord amen Job had posted so many great things and I just I want to hit it today in in his book and in Job chapter 23 verse 8 through 12 there's just a a wonderful passage of scripture that encourages me so often I hope it's an encouragement to you today behold I go forward but he is not there and backwards but I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work I want to say left hand He works on the left hand, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand. He hides himself in power and authority on the right hand. Sometimes he's working on the left. Sometimes he's doing powerful miracles on the right. Sometimes he shows up at Betty's house on the right hand in the morning and pulls all the pain out of her body. Sometimes you're going to have to go to the doctor and he just keeps on working through the surgeon and he keeps working through the medical staff and working through the wisdom that he's given. Given to man, but he's still working. If, If he's working, then I'll let his left hand work. And if he shows up in power, I'll celebrate it. But just get your hands into my life, oh God. Just put your fingerprints on what you want me to do, and I'll follow after you. I'm all into this thing, but the beauty of this passage is that he says, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Everyone say gold. Gold. I will be precious to him when I'm done with the test. Yeah, How many know you can't trust anything that's not tested? We don't like tests, amen? (laughs) Everybody here with me? We don't like tests. But we don't like anything that's not tested. You don't want to buy a brand new phone that's not gone through a lot of tests, amen? Or it's not going to work for you. You don't want to get in a car and drive a vehicle that's not been tested. Driving down the road and your airbags go off for no reason. (laughs) White cloud. You're eating a pillow. (laughs) And it's not a bad dream. Literally. We will not purchase things. We will go to, we will go to great links to check out things we're going to buy to make sure that they're heavily tested. Now, I'm not preaching Nate's message. I heard his message online, but I, and I loved it. It was good preaching. But I want you to know that unless we understand that we cannot be trusted by the authority and the power of God in our life to a greater dimension and to a greater extent until he tests us on the level that we're at. Sometimes when we feel like everything is falling apart, God is working on the left hand to test us so that he can give us more miraculous on the right hand in power because he wants to be able to trust us, amen? He wants to be able to have that relationship with us. So I I found that that God's speaking here through Job. And and he's talking about when I'm done being tested, I'm going to be precious. And and I'm grateful for the example of the right hand and the left hand in Scripture. But Job was just working through a very serious thing because he was dealing with stuff in his body. He was dealing with loss. He was dealing with great things. But but he's focused on the hands of God. And David goes a whole nother level. David takes it up a notch. He said, if you tell me to seek your face, God, I will, my heart will say, I seek your face. Let's let's look at it real quick. Psalms chapter 27 we back up not where we read but if we go back up just a little bit in verse number 8 it says when thou saith, seek my face my heart said unto thee thy face Lord will I seek if his hand let me have your attention right now because I really feel like preaching if his hand works on the left hand in our weakness and his power works on the right hand in strength and we see the glory of his hands at work what dear Lord could he do if we didn't just seek what his hands could do for us, but we sought what his face was telling us. If we looked on his countenance, the God who is not just a God of fix me Lord and and I receive from you Jesus, but now it's the God that you want to interact with him face to face. You want to get in his presence and you want to see what he would say to you. You want to feel God in a way that you not only are looking for the handout, but you're looking for the man of Jesus Christ to show up in spirit and in power and speak to you face to face. Oh, that we would get so bold in our spirit that we're not just looking for the evidence of God's hands working, but we're looking for the evidence of God's word speaking. Oh, dear Lord, help us today to trust that number two, His Word is good. Somebody say it with me. His Word is good. Hallelujah. I so believe it. I believe that when I don't like it, it's good. I believe that when it seems to cut a little too deep, it's good surgery. Amen? Amen. truth is powerful. I need you to know today that the Word of God is is forever settled. How many know that? The word of God is forever settled in heaven. And the scripture tells us that, and I don't know if I gave it to you guys and back. I apologize if I didn't, but I want you to know that the scripture says in Psalms, one, uh, I gotta find it, I apologize. I'm jumping around just a little bit. Someone say praise God. Okay, so I'm so far off map. Here we go. Let's pray. Let's let's ask God to help us in this scripture. I, I was looking at Psalms one nineteen eighty nine, and I I wanted to share this with you. It says, "Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven." How many know His word settled in heaven? We just have to get it settled on earth. Amen. And so I I was like, God, you need to speak to me through this. I I want you to interact with me face to face. I want your word to be good to me. And I want to know that you are speaking to me. And I, I hit this a lot, but I want you to understand that when God says something, I was talking to Brother Maurice this week, when God says something, he has to sustain it whenever he speaks something, he has to keep on doing it. And I've preached this in other places and I, and I just wanted to get it actually on our website so that someone could hear this and have them understand what I'm speaking about. When Jesus t- talks to his disciples in Matthew 14, 22 and 32 there's an example that I'm going to hit in Matthew chapter 8 where he's, he's out in a boat with his disciples. But there's another time where he sends them across the sea and the ship gets hit by a wave and gets hit by a storm. And while they're in that storm and while they're They're going through that trial and that test. Everyone say a test. Jesus knew they were going to hit the storm. He sent them into it. Amen. Jesus knows when you're going to get hit by storms. He sometimes sends us into troubled waters so that we learn to put our faith in him even greater. And so he sends them on the way and he comes to them walking on the water and they get afraid because they don't know what's going on. And Jesus speaks to them to conquer their fear. Sometimes we're looking so often for something to help us with the things that we fear, that we don't understand, that if Jesus just spoke one word, word over us it would conquer every fear so he speaks to them in the scriptures and he says be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and peter answered and said unto him lord if it be thou bid me to come on the water how many know peter's a little crazy how many know you cannot walk on water amen your foot is not big enough to create enough buoyancy For you to walk on water, it's a physical impossibility. You just weigh too much, have too much of a point of reference. You just can't displace enough water with a foot, okay? You're literally not going to be able to walk on water, Peter. It's just not going to happen. But he said, if it's you, Jesus bid me to come. Sometimes you just have to say, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like I need to go this way. Lord, if it's you, just bid me to come. If it's you, just let me know and I, I'm going to go that direction. I'm all in. Amen. So we have to know that God's word is good. And, and I see here that, God's got, that Peter's believing God for his word. If, if he tells me to come, well, then that means I can walk on water. It may seem crazy, but I can do it. So Peter jumps out of the boat and he begins to walk because Jesus says one word. It only takes one word, amen? I'm gonna just keep on hitting that till everybody gets excited in here. It only takes him one word, amen? And he said, Come. And Peter climbs out of that boat into a raging storm, an inferno of waves. And he's just completely engulfed around. And you know what? It didn't matter because he had God's word on it. Sometimes you can have stuff swirling all around you and all kinds of chaos in your life. And you can have peace standing there while it's all just circling around you. And you can have the greatest peace knowing that it's coming from Jesus because you get a word that he's going to keep you. He's going to preserve you. And Amen. help me somebody he's going to keep you in good good times and bad times so he's getting a different perspective i got the word of god i can walk on water that's exactly what god was doing he was holding him up by his word because when god said it he had to arrest all the laws of physics and allow peter to walk he didn't walk on waves he walked on the word amen You've got to know that. You've got to know that's a very key point to the story and the reason why is because Peter's doing something nobody else had done. Peter's doing something so out of the out of the norm that everyone else was comfortable staying in the boat. But I need you to understand something today. Whenever you believe that God's word is good, it makes you uncommon. It makes you peculiar to God. It makes you able to do things that everybody else would look at you and go, I would have never made it through that. And you're like, well, I know He's going to bless me somehow. I know He's going to hold me somehow. That I, and I don't know how He's going to do it, but I've got His Word on it. Greater is He that's in me. I just, I just have His Word on it. And I know it's going to be good. I know somehow I'm going to make it. I know it looks like I'm walking on water in a storm, but I've got His Word, and His Word is holding me up. But the thing that really blows my mind is while Peter's doing something so far beyond, he stepped into the dimension of the miraculous. And everyone else is in back. Everyone's back. He's leading. He's out there. He's doing stuff that people like, I want that in my ministry. <laughs> I mean, the guy is just doing some amazing stuff. And while all of that's going on, you know what Jesus is doing? He's not going, great job, Peter. You're awesome. Peter starts looking at the storm and he starts looking at everything around him trying to drag him down and it starts to sink him. When we take our eyes off of the one who spoke the word and begin to listen to all the voices around us, you'll never get through it. You'll never be what you want to be. You'll never make it out of this situation. You'll always have this hanging over your head. You'll never feel less shame for that. You'll always feel the guilt of it. It'll always follow. I'm sorry to look at you the whole time, Brother Maurice. I just have a point of reference. If you're wondering why I'm looking back there, it's because I'm getting a smile from him. No, I'm just kidding. You'll never, have, you'll never have the ability to live into another relationship and not carry the baggage of that old relationship. I'm telling you that the devil is a liar, and that if God speaks one word, you can be made new because his word is creative. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could go deeper. Can I go deeper? Is it okay? I'm, really not, I'm, I'm off my notes right now because I'm feeling this right here in this house. When God created, He spoke it into existence, amen? And because He spoke it into existence, it set a precedent that he, when He wants to do a new creation, He speaks to it. Okay, so follow me here. He creates, he's speaking, he's speaking. When he wants to do something special, he forms it. He formed man of the dust of the ground. He took what he already spoke and then formed it into place. So when God speaks to you, sometimes you don't see the form of the miracle. Oh my goodness, you don't see the form of the miracle yet, but he's already spoken it into a creative word. So, oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Somebody needs to realize that God has been speaking over your life for a long time, but now he's going to get his hands involved and he's going to begin to form something that he can fulfill. I have so much Holy Ghost up here. I wish you could feel what I'm feeling. So he wants to fulfill us and fill us by forming us by what he spoke into creation. So when you go back and you look at this word again, you see that God is admonishing Peter for his lack of faith. Dude is on the water. Dude's walking on the, he's doing something nobody else could do. And I preached this at Waukesha and some of you were there. I know, I know what I did. I'm right with you. But guess what? You know what happened? God said, oh, thou of little faith. He reached out and he pulled him out of his situation, still performed the miracle even though he had doubt in his heart. I'm telling you, God's not worried about the lack of faith that we have sometimes as long as we've put it all in him. And however little we have right now, it's still in him. And how, however much we have, it's still in him. Amen? Right. So God pulls him out of the mess he was in even though he had little faith because he was, he was doing works for God. And he said, he said, you're of little faith. You're of little faith. But you've done something so great, Peter. You've walked on water. Nobody else is out there doing a ministry like you're doing, Peter. But God doesn't applaud him. He admonishes him. And the reason he does is because when God speaks a word... It has to fulfill what he says. And when Peter started looking around and started sinking, it was because of Peter's lack of faith in the word God had spoken. And you have to get that. Because when God created, he spoke it into existence. And if you break down everything in its natural element, everything breaks down to atoms. We know that. You can't see him with your human eye. got to get out a microscope. you got to look through a microscope to see it. And then they say if you break it down more, it breaks down into something called a quark. Atoms, molecules break down into something, protons, neutrons, electrons, they break down into something called a quark. And it's the smallest element, and a quark is literally a vibrating vibration. Go look it up, Google it if you want to. Google a quark and find out what it is. It's a vibrating vibration. Do you know what sound is? Sound is a vibrating vibration. Everything that we tangibly can touch, the basic raw elements of everything we can touch, not, I mean, there's, there's elements in this, but everything we can touch was built on sound. So Hebrews tells us, Hebrews tells us, I can't even get to this, I, I gotta get back to my, my original thought, but Hebrews tells us that we believe that there are things that we can see how many know his word's eternal, amen? That's why God can say it and bang, it happens. It, it just, I, I believe that. But Psalms 33 and 6 says this. It's not going to be up there. Just listen to me careful. But his wor- by his word, by the word of the Lord, there were, um, by his word, I, I'm sorry, I wrote it down wrong. I apologize. The word of the Lord where the heavens were made. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Everyone say the breath of his mouth. The scripture tells us that the worlds were made by the breath of his mouth. In other words, everything that we see is built on what's invisible, and the invisible thing is his word. And if his word has to be sustained, because he said it, because he created it, that's why we're still here, folks. That's why gravity's still working. That's why we're still circling the planet every year. Even though the world's getting weird, and there's earthquakes in diverse places, because we're in the end times, guess what? Until he says something different, we're still going to be here. Until he speaks, we're not taking off out of here. But there's going to be a sound one day where he speaks Hebrews 11 3 says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear I'm glad I know his word is good I'm glad I know he's good for what he says I'm glad I know that whenever have you ever had someone pay you before by a check and they're like the check's good my money's good it's not even their money but they're giving you they're giving you the government's money but they're like I- I'm good for it it's, it's okay. What are they saying? They're saying that their name is good, that the money that they wrote out is good, that someone's gonna honor it. I believe that we need to understand that when God says it, no matter how crazy it sounds, it is good. And if we get an anchor on that, if we just get a, a foundation in that, God will do some great stuff. No matter what it looks like to you, just keep holding on. I'm gonna try to move forward as fast as I can. How many know that God is so good to us? So number two his word is good. And then number three. Everyone say number three. I'm almost done. I want him more. In in Matthew 8, i read through this whole chapter this morning because I really wanted to get the gist of it. In Matthew 8, it says in verse five, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Everyone say a soldier. soldier. Beseeching him. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievous, tormented. It was a tormenting disease. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I'm willing to come to your house today and heal. And the centurion answers this, and this is exactly what I'm preaching. The centurion answered and said, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. He revered Jesus Christ, but speak the word only. Now watch this. This is where this really gets interesting. But speak the word only. This centurion understood the power of God's word. And my and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh into my servant do this and to do and he doeth it and when jesus heard it he uh and when jesus heard it he marveled i have circled number 10 and i ran right through the word marveled couldn't read it he marveled and said to them that followed verily i say unto you i have not found so great a faith no not in israel peter's walking on water and he gets admonished This guy says, just say the word, don't come to my house. And he says, there's no greater faith in Israel. Do you see what I'm talking about today? The power of God's word is so powerful that whenever we see it, we want him not only to speak, but we want more of it. If he's ever said anything to you and you saw it, not only spoken and created, but then it formed in your life, you want more of that you want more of it whenever the bible talks in acts and i put i put the unstoppable church acts 1 through 8 but when the bible talks about the holy spirit being poured out in acts chapter 2 it said there came a sound amen someone say sound, sound. from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and you know i've i've tinkered with that i've got my tools out and played with that a little bit how many know sound doesn't have a, a wind doesn't have a sound how many know that what does wind sound like would that be what you would call the, the sound of wind? That is literally wind ripping through the atmosphere. Wind does not have a sound. If you, if you go to my house in the wintertime, the windows go <whistles> on the back side of our house because the wind shoots down by those trees. It's <whistles> not the sound of wind, that is the sound from what wind is touching. Okay? The Holy Spirit is called holy pneuma. The Greek word is pneuma. Holy Spirit, holy pneuma. It's the same word from which we get pneumatic or pneumatic tools, tools that are powered by wind. If you study the Word of God, you realize when the Holy Ghost was poured out on them, there came a sound from heaven as of. That's what the Bible said. It's as of the sound of a rushing mud. He didn't know that it wasn't the wind's sound. He said, it sounds like that to me. And everybody said, yep, that's what wind sounds like. I've heard it before. Wind rustles through trees. When I was a kid in Alaska, we were standing on the bank fishing and I heard this thunder off in the distance. I'm like, I wonder what that is. And it got closer and closer and I could look at the mountain and I watched trees as it was coming, it was like the fallout of a nuclear bomb. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I watched as a whole, as a whole bank of wind, a whole front hit the trees, came down the mountain, and came to me. And I was to stand there, and it got louder and louder. It was like a train coming at me. It's like, and all of a sudden, the th- the sound of the trees was what I was hearing. When the wind hit me, I heard the sound of my coat. <laughs> you. It's awesome to think about because you have to understand that when God moved upon them, he filled them with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. God spoke through their tongue, a creative word. That's why we call being filled with the Holy Ghost new birth. Oh my goodness, I wish I could get into this. We are repented in death. We are buried in baptism by the name of Jesus Christ. And we are resurrected to new life by the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues because that is God speaking through us a creative work where we're born again. Behold, you are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. all things have become why did all things become new because i spoke in tongues as the spirit gave the utterance that's why the holy ghost is the evidence of the holy spirit in you because the holy spirit will never step into a place he hasn't created Oh, that's so good. I I hope I'm not over your heads today. I'm trying not to be too much of a pastor where I get so far into the Word of God that I'm speaking too deep. But I just wanted to share that with you because I understand that whenever God creates something, He creates a space for Himself to step into it and to move. And when you experience that, there is nothing like it and you want so much more of it. You want it, that's all you want. Even David said, I esteem you higher than my necessary than my necessary food. I want it more than the nourishment of this body. I want him more. I want to see him move. I want to see him touch me. And in this particular passage that I read to you, where I'm talking about where God touches this centurion and speaks through him and uses this example to us about great faith, he goes and he heals, or he speaks the word and it heals the man. And the Bible says in verse 10, that he was marveling at his faith, and it says, verse eleven, and when I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of in the kingdom, but the children of the kingdom shall not cast uh, shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He goes off into this thing that I don't have time to deal with. Forgive me. But then verse thirteen, then Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way and. As uh, and as thou hast believed, so be it unto you. In verse four, and so and, this, and his servant was healed in the self same hour. Sorry, I got ten things going on in my head while I'm trying to read. And so Jesus literally has an experience here where something takes place so powerful that it heals the man while he's speaking. But let me deal with one last thing. You got five minutes? Do I have five minutes? Yeah. Okay. One last thing having to do with I want more of him. You have to understand that in church and in life, offenses are going to come. And some of you have lived through being offended. You know what that's like. It's not, it's not pretty. You have emotions. You have to try to ask God to help you. You pray that God forgives them and forgives you. But every time you think of the situation, your memory comes back with emotions. Those emotions are right there. Because your mind, when it places a memory in your brain, it stamps it with the emotion that you were feeling at that moment. That's why you can be driving and smell a hot dog and think of the baseball park. Thank you very much. I did get that one in. It's a shameless plug for next Friday night. (laughs) That's why everything you remember has emotion with it. The mind and the body does that. But I want you to know, just as men offend you, Jesus will offend you. Are you offended at Jesus? Have you have you seen this scripture? Look at John nine one through eleven, and I'm wrapping up with this. And G- and as Jesus passed by and saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? Because they believed in the Old Testament back in the day that if somebody had a problem, it was from a sin in their family or something they did that he is born blind and Jesus answered neither he hath neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that I am in John chapter 9 I'm reading verse 3 neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him I must work the works of him that sent me sent me will it this day the night cometh when no man can work verse number 5 and as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world and then verse 6 when he had thus spoken he spat on the ground I ran into this in Bible study this week and I had to share it with you because it was so good spat on the ground a friend of mine named Mark Brown preaches a message off of this and and it just really impressed me and I wanted to share it with you and made clay of the spittle that's not skittles that's spittle (laughs) He spat on the ground. Does anybody know that spitting is really nasty? It's in... Well, I'm going to keep going. It's unsanitary is what I was going to say. And he anointed his the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Shilom, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way therefore and washed and came... Seeing, everyone say seeing. The neighbors and them, and it goes on to say that they were wondering who is this man? I don't think he's the same man. He's like, I am the same man, but I can see Jesus touched me. But Jesus didn't just touch me. He put spitballs in my eye. How many know that sometimes in order for you to get a miracle, I hope I can handle this the way I want to. In order for you to get a miracle, you have to move past the method that Jesus is using. The method can offend you, but if you want more of him, and that's all you want in your life, you will lay down your offense in his method of doing it because you crave the miracle in your life. Literally, Jesus does this several times in scripture. One time he gives a guy double wet willy. (laughs) Spits, sticks his fingers in the guy's ears, his ears and his hearing opens up. That's pretty nasty. Everyone say nasty. Just something about spit that's gross, okay? I mean, if I was trying to press a girl, I'd be like, hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> it's just disgusting, okay? And and ladies, please, don't <laughs> it's not ladylike, okay? But everywhere in every culture that you look at, anytime someone spits, it's an insult. In fact... In the Old Testament, there's a law that if you were spit upon, you weren't clean for seven days. So if you didn't like somebody that was coming to church, you're like, "They really annoy me." Just, just spit on them. They couldn't come back next Sunday. Okay, they had to be out for seven days. Don't do that. I'm kidding. But, but you have to understand that what happened here is in their culture, he made the man unclean by healing him. The man could said, "What are you doing? T- what's the matter with you?" Because he's like, and there's other places where Jesus literally just does it differently. But it's like, can you imagine standing there and Jesus is about to heal you and you've heard these great things about the miracles and you hear him going. I'm getting some of you right now because you can't handle that. It's like, is he doing what I think he's doing? (laughs) What if Jesus uses a method that seems to cause you more pain But your miracle is in the method. And if you rise up in flesh, and if you rise up in your pride, and say, I don't like this, I'm not doing it. It's too much. You will miss the miracle. Had this man been upset about the way Jesus chose to do it, and said, you've just made me unclean for seven days. If he had pulled the Old Testament law, he literally would have missed his miracle. And so I've come to tell somebody, do you want more of God so much that you're willing to even be offended by Jesus. Would you stand with me? See, in Matthew 26, they spit upon my Jesus. And they pulled his beard and they literally did everything to shame him and to mock him. But because he wanted more for me, he went to the cross and despised the shame. The Bible says, for the joy set before him. Everyone say the joy joy. set before him. Say that. Now, there's some things that are not happy, and there's things that are not joyous. But if you understand that in him there's going to be more, that your best days are yet to come. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you're facing right now. I don't care if you have a negative on your bank account right now. If you went shopping yesterday and you bounced a bunch of stuff. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're, what's going on with you. I don't know what's going on in your body sometimes. I'm pastoring blind, but what I want you to know is that you have to understand if you want more of God, your best days are ahead of you. And no matter what the struggle looks like, Jesus was whipped, beaten, and bruised. And he said, there's joy ahead of me. I'll go through this because there's joy ahead of me. If I could get you to truly believe that he speaks still to this day. Scripture says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. that's our favorite verse. For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall, what? Speak. There's somebody that wants to be saved right now in this city that doesn't know how to find this location. But if you pray a prayer, God will call out to them. God will turn their world around. And God will put them in contact with you. You don't brush up against people for happenstance. You're not here because of some chance. God brought you to this room today. And there's people that are going to be connected to you that God wants to bring in. And he's already spoken over their life. And you might be the the hands and feet. You might be the hands of God that helps form the miracle. Do you understand the weight at which I'm speaking to you right now? Do you understand the heaviness of what I'm telling you? There is powerful word that's over each of our lives that no force in hell or the enemy could ever come against because when God blesses something, it cannot be cursed. Amen? And the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard up against the enemy when he comes in like a flood. What is that standard? The word that's already been spoken over you. There's people that would be in the grave right now had it not been for prayers of grandma and prayers of grandfather. But there's a blessing on their life because God has already spoken over them. And they cannot die until they found the Holy Ghost in their life. They cannot be taken away and taken out. Because anytime. The enemy tries to curse them. He runs right into the blessing that's already laid on their life. Jesus, give us an understanding of the weight of your word. I've ministered the best I know how today, but there's somebody in here that wanted to give up today. There's somebody last night that said, I think I'm done. I don't think I can do this. I'm going back to where I came from. Somebody in this room had that experience last night. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, I don't know, but it's just too hard. Yes, there are great attacks, but there's a greater God. There's a greater God, and He's been so good to us. We can't even see all the things He's spoken over us, but His Word's still at work on the left hand. His Word's at work in miraculous power on the right hand, and somebody needs to hear the Word of the Lord today and needs to step away from the complaining, step away from the struggle, step away from staring at the problem, then get bigger than your battle and see that God's Word is going to give you a different perspective on everything you're fighting and that you can see literally above the storm and you can stand on the waves because His Word is going to do it for you. Jesus, minister, I'm opening this altar. I don't want you to come down here unless you want more of God. But I think that should be all of us. I'm going to need some help in just a minute. Brother Rob, if you'd come and move this table back for me, if some of you other guys would help me. Brother uh, brother Roly, Brother Nate, come down here. I don't know how you want to get down here, but get down here. And let's move this stuff back so we can have an altar call. Don't walk out on this altar call. If you want more of God, if you are all in, you need to be at this altar right now. It's open to you. I will pray with you. I will pray for you. But this is up to you. We are an unstoppable church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just set it right over there. Come on. Come up as close as you want. Just take it right over by the piano. That's good. That's good. That's good. Let's make an altar call right here. Grab somebody, take a arm, take a hand, whatever's appropriate right now. Come on, the Lord wants to speak over one of you. He wants to speak to you. Now, God's been speaking. There's somebody that's had word over them right now. Come on, come on, everybody. You can be here right now. If you can make it down here, you should be here. Come on, reach over to somebody right now. Oh, there's a word. There's a word. ham of your car. I have felt the leading of your hand today. My eyes look much higher to see the face.